What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shots from the Winchester podcast brought to you by Greencastle Consulting. I'm your host, Al Green, and today is the 100th episode of Shots from the Winchester, so you know this one's going to be special. Greencastle Consulting has been producing Shots from the Winchester since 2020. We've seen a Marriott of guests from all over all walks of industry, all walks of life. We've had baseball legends like Larry Boa, Ed Wade, Ruben Amaro Jr. We've had actors like filmmaker and actor Remy Adelaki. We've had comedians like Kurt Metzger and Jeff Arcuri. We've had astronauts like Chris Cassidy, Navy SEAL and combat stories from people like John Allen and Alan Mack. Besides interviewing our own people here at Greencastle, because everyone here is a veteran, everyone here is a military veteran or active service member, we also interview leaders of industry, CEOs of large companies, people that are doing amazing things. We like to think of Shots from the Winchester as a leadership podcast, but we like to have fun. So if you're military, active military, or a veteran, and if you're a leader of industry, CEO, manager, whatever level you're at, this is the podcast for you. So this week, I isolated a handful of episodes from all the different hosts, from John, from myself, from Lindsay, that I thought were worthy of a recap. One of my favorite episodes was where Lindsay interviewed Joe Crandall, the CEO of Greencastle. Check this out. A buddy of mine from the Navy had been working at a company called Getwell Network, and they were looking for some sales guys, and they were a startup. And uh, they had just hired this new sales manager, and uh, he loved everything about my resume except for the Navy, uh, except for the Pfizer part. So he's like pointing at my resume. He's like, "Joe, I love everything except for this." So I just went like this. I went, "Okay, <laughs> don't worry about that." And, and he liked that, you know. And so he hired me, uh, and uh, I ended up selling uh, software systems to hospitals uh, for a few years. And when I was doing that, um, hold on. I'm getting a little thirsty. <laughs> if the the listeners don't, can't see this um he's just i'm assuming that that's not woodford <laughs> good <laughs> um save a little for later so i was selling software systems and uh <laughs> burns a little bit um and is I just, really I just, Woodford? yes, of course it is. <laughs> and so I just sold the largest software system in the, in the company's system at the time, history at the time. And, um, uh, the implementation was going to shit. Right. And Steve Hess, who was the CIO, uh, was like, don't worry about it. Y'all bring in my military guys and, and they'll figure it out. And I'm like, military guys, I'm military, you know, mm-hmm. and in walked these two Greencastle uh, consultants, you know, just perfect, you know, specimens of consultants, you know, perfectly built, perfect suits, perfect everything and walk in and they just start, they start just creating structure from the chaos that existed. And uh, I was like, I got to know these guys. And that was probably uh, late 2008, early 2009. And so uh, not knowing anything about them, I got on the, on the interwebs and uh, they had a, a crappy little website. And, uh, uh, but I got the address. And so I got in my suit and I, I drove up here to Malvern, which was about an hour drive from my house. Uh, and they didn't have a spot. And so finally, uh, Selwyn called me, actually Hamish called me and said, uh, uh, we have a, we want to bring you on board as a director of client engagement services, uh, you know, to run the sales and marketing stuff. And so it was perfect timing, uh, but that had taken about three years. So 2012, I got hired here. So before we wrap up, I want to get to two fun facts you told me. Okay. I'm looking to hear a little bit more about these. So, All right, hold on. um, <laughs> 
can't feed. That has to be something else. He's chugging from a bottle of Woodford. If you're listening, you'll have to look at the video. <laughs> it's either it's Saturday night in the teams. Or... <laughs> All right, what's your question? So you grew up riding horses on the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one got me, that one here. <laughs> on the Ponderosa Ranch from Bonanza. Yep. Tell us about that. Like yeah, how. so I grew up in Incline Village, Nevada, and a uh, very small town of permanent residents, I think like 2,500 permanent residents. But where I grew up across the freeway was uh, the actual uh, ranch where they filmed part of the show, and they had stables there. And uh, I befriended a, a kid whose family ran the stables, and uh, for about a year, year and a half, we would just go ride horses, and it was just a, a great time. I mean, it was, it was. We were think of uh, think of the equivalent of uh, kids on motorbikes, you know. Mm -hmm. Except these things, you know, would kick you and 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 do do their own thing. But it was a lot of fun. You you learned how to deal with big animals, and it was just uh, very interesting to be able to ride around the mountains of of Tahoe uh, on horses. So one of the hottest episodes that we've had on our channel was the episode where John Cleck interviewed B. Allen or John Allen. What an amazing episode because you get to learn so much about his journey as well as some of the things he went through while he was in the military. Check this out. We were stationed in this area in Afghanistan where basically across the road, there was like the one, the, there was like one paved road in Afghanistan, so route Utah. We were on one side of the road and on the other side was this like bad guy town for, for lack of a better description. And we regularly went in there. It was just, that was the place we went in because there was always something happening in there. And we'd been going in there for like five months. And every time we went in there, we would just get shot at. It was like, they, they'd see us coming. There was no way to show up without giving away your position. And um, so we went also, in one day. Also, you had been going in there every month or every day for, for five months. So they kind of were like, hey, I think the Americans want to come fight. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so this one day we go in, uh, it was just like this weird day where we, it was broad daylight, you know, and we get into this, like the section of the town, which was walled in. So we were kind of like hidden. Um, and we ended up putting ourselves in a position where we got out and we moved into like the side of the town. And there was all these fighters in the second floor of, of these buildings, but they weren't engaging us. They were just watching us. And we kind of put ourselves in this very perilous situation where we had moved up far enough away from the vehicles where back to them, we would be exposed to these guys in the second floor that we didn't see until we got up to this wall. And so we're like at the standstill where we're kind of like hoping they shoot us so we can open up our rules of engagement <laughs> so we can like shoot back because we can't until they start shooting at us. And so for like 40... Did anybody take like a helmet and put it like on a broomstick? <laughs> yeah. See if it like, shot us. And so we all, we, we were like laying down behind this wall and we're like, fuck, <laughs> like, what do we do? And uh, finally the decision was made, like if we if we go back, there's a good chance one of us gets shot and it's so stupid to like, all right, we're just gonna walk backwards, we're <laughs> back to the enemy. And so we're like, all right, we're gonna assault through. And so we walked into the courtyard. There was like the worst place you could go. There was nowhere else we could go. We had to walk straight into this courtyard. It's all on body cam too. And it's, it's eerie footage. We walk into this courtyard and it's like quiet, but what you don't see in the video is like lining the walls in the second floor are fighters that we know are there. And so we're just like walking in, getting ready to get shot at, and then they opened up on us. And in the first volley of fire, this sounds horrible, but no, no Americans got shot. Some of our partner force did, and they were okay, everybody lived. Um, but in the initial volley, all the SEALs were okay. 
And so we took to the buildings and we it turned into this like pretty long gunfight. Uh, our dog got shot too, but our dog survived. And so we're like fighting like rooftop to rooftop and it's fairly close combat. It was like kind of, of the whole time I was there, this was by far the the most intense thing I was a part of, except for what happens about a couple hours after this. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have this like all day long kind of like, it, 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 you know how it is. It's not like we're literally engaging the enemy for like six hours. It was like sporadic for about six hours. And then like at the, by the evening time, the the fighting had kind of just stopped abruptly. It was dark out and it was like everybody had just disappeared. And it was like very anticlimactic, you know, because we're like, we're in the middle of this like Rambo-esque gunfight all day. And then like suddenly everyone's gone and we kind of got our ass kicked. We had like five medevacs going out and we're like, damn, like now what do we do? Uh, we're pretty honored to have Alan Mack, who is one of the Army Special Operations Aviation Regiment, the 160th. He was a pilot on uh, one of the helicopters that was involved in the battle, actually crashed twice over the course of a couple days and yet kept going back in. He's got a wild story about what was going on, some stuff that if you read any of the books, uh, he reveals stuff in this podcast that, that I never knew. So I nose it over and I dive down the mountain. It's called an auto rotation. I'm going to land. Basically, I'm going to crash land at the bottom of the hill uh, using stored up rotor RPM, uh, kinetic energy. And as I'm diving down, the crew chiefs come back up on the intercom. And now we're talking and they're like, yeah, we're we both engines are running. You know, don't go to the floor. Right. So I, I level out. Sure enough, we're doing OK. I have no displays. So now I'm looking out the window looking for, uh, you know, visual landmarks and it's like oh there's the whale there's the battle going on and i'll just go north of that so i turn around and they go hey by the way we had somebody fall out we uh, we level out and they tell me that you know we had somebody fall out on the landing zone which was neil roberts yeah and i just this is the insanity of the situation this is my first real pitched battle yeah. and i said that didn't happen get a head count yeah and the guys are like we watched him go out i had my hands on him you know, he went out and said, get a head count. You know, and so he, yeah, okay, we got 10 people, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I said, all right, well, we got to go back and get him. And then I was reminded that uh, we didn't have any defensive armament. We did have an M60 in the back right window, which is an older machine gun. Yes. Uh, 7.62. And they did, the crew chief did put some suppressive fire down in the turn. And then it was had no longer any good as far as the angle. And uh, so we're going to go back in now with no automatic flight control system. The engines are in reversionary. There's no electrical power, no guns. And we're going to go back and get him. So Madden is crucial, right? So Madden is, as we take off, he gets shot in the head, in the helmet, actually, right? Oh, wow. Just, which is where we thought a second RPG had come from, right? And really what it was is a AK-47 round lodged in the styrofoam of his helmet, right? It's just a plastic helmet, right? And we didn't find that till after we got back to Bargram. He goes, hey, look at my helmet. This is what knocked me down. This was a fun episode because this is one of the first times that I started actually hosting um, on, pod on the podcast. And uh, this was my interview interviewing Lindsay. First of all, let's talk about um, Greencastle. How did you get involved? How did you find Greencastle? Yeah. Funny yeah. story. So, Green Castle actually found me. 
so I was working at a software company doing marketing, and I got a um, a message on LinkedIn one day from one of our recruiters, and he was like, hey, we're hiring for a marketing director, or actually it said a, a marketing person, um, let me know if you're interested. And I really wasn't looking for a job at the time, um, so I responded, I was like, yeah, I'm curious, I, I'm not really sure what this place is, took a look online, and I was like, huh. <laughs> veteran owned and operated yeah. i mean 100 percent. everybody's a veteran yeah. right down the road from me malvern i was like okay i'm interested so um you know had a couple interviews on the phone then came in and that was like the hook right yeah. hook line and sinker here come in <laughs> look at the the bar Warrior. and you know all the really cool amenities we have in the office meet all the really awesome people and that's uh you know that's how it started just yeah you know, seven months ago. <laughs> wow, yes. Not that long ago. Yeah, so yeah, as, as the marketing team is very is, is new mm -hmm. uh, here at Greencastle, um, but you know, we're definitely making waves. We're, we're definitely uh, growing, especially uh, and under Lindsay's leadership. Um, that's another thing I wanna to talk to you about. Um, you're the uh, only female on the SLT right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, so um, I think, Last I checked, there might be 12 females total in the company, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, to give the audience context, I mean, that's really because you're pulling from a group of people who are, you know, military, and that's yeah. widely men, you know, yeah. largely men, yeah. so um, that's why there's so few females here, not that we don't want them, you know, if you're out there <laughs> and you're interested, Definitely. send us a message, but... Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, one of 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, the only one on the SLT. <laughs> nice, nice. So um, another thing I wanted to ask you, so you do have the military background. So mm -hmm. you, but you chose something different. A lot of people when they come out or they go into the military, they come out of high school or something like that. But you chose to go in a little later. Mm -hmm. You chose in your 30s. Like, what was the thought behind that? Yeah, so I had spent most of my life, and I, I was like a full-blown adult at that point, 30 <laughs> years old, um, I'd spent most of my life kind of doing social work and uh, behavioral health work, so mm -hmm. working with um, children and families, really, that needed counseling, um, that were struggling with like mental health issues. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a really long time, and I did love it, but it was very taxing, like emotionally, just very draining and, and a lot of long hours, you're on mm -hmm. call. Um, so I decided that I needed a, a hard reset. And, and honestly, if, if you listen back to the Anthony Berg podcast, mm -hmm. I did allude to this. I was sitting in front of my television one day and, and like any good uh, marketing campaign, there was a, a commercial on TV that said, you know, hey, Army uh, National Guard. And I was like, hmm, yeah. I, I'd always wanted to do that. Um, my, you know, my dad being a police officer growing up, I had always wanted to kind of serve in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought maybe now's the time. So I reached out to somebody I knew who was in the guard, who put me in touch with a recruiter. The recruiter thought I was crazy. <laughs> He's like yeah. 30, I like to give a master's degree and like a job and you're like a full adult and you're just yeah. like gonna, and, and I was like, yeah, yeah I, I, I want to do it. I want to try something new. I want to do it before it's too late because there's yeah. like obviously an age off mm -hmm. so um i enlisted and i went to basic training at the age of 30 wow. uh, and that was that was an experience <laughs> that's awesome though and we're here today we're not at the winchester as you can see if you're watching this on video um we're not at the winchester we're actually in ryan gooch nelson's music studio now ryan gooch nelson is a uh, music producer um you have a, a foundation 
Um, tell people about yourself. I, I'm a man of many hats. Yeah. I have a foundation called the Music in Motion Foundation. Um, I'm an artist. I play sly guitar and harmonica and sing blues and all kinds of different styles of Americana. And I'm getting into some other, some newer stuff we can talk about later. Yeah. But I'm also a music producer. And, uh, uh, you know, as your um, lovely wife will tell you, I'm, I'm also a model. So yeah. She always tells me to throw that in there. So I got to throw it in there. I've done some modeling. I'm not a professional, too. but I'm an amateur model. So. You, you went through some depression. Yeah. You went it, through some dark spots. Definitely. I mean, like they would try and put the guitar on my lap and I would just start crying. Yeah. So I'm actually paralyzed from about the chest down, uh, bottoms of my arms, my hands kind of move like this. And, but then, you know, it gets real bluesy, like. So like nice, the blues man. just came out of me, man. I was like in so much pain and sadness and suffering I'd been through and just like something about very vocal, you know, and like I could sing through it. And now at that time I had, I had, I didn't start singing until like 10 years after my accident. Wow. So I've only been singing for. I don't know, maybe six or se six or seven years. I was in a band, Sixty One North, as you remember. Right. We did a music video together. Yeah. The Queen in Wilmington. Yep. And yeah. uh, and and so I didn't even sing in that band really. No. So and I was in that band for eight years, and then that's when I kind of jumped off and started doing my own thing with Gucci and Emotion. Right. Right. If you're new to Shots from the Winchester, make sure you hit that subscribe button and hit the bell so that you get notifications when we have new content. Make sure to hit the like button and leave a comment so we can continue to bring you content that you enjoy. I'll see you in the next episode.